Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Amen. Take your seats, please. My God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. I trust everyone had a blessed week. It's been a great week. Amen. And if you're not doing well, like we always say, by the end of this sermon, this message, you, this service, you'll be doing well. Amen. Said so you'll be doing well. God is good. My God. Thank God for all the wonderful testimonies of God's goodness and God's kindness. And in this season, I pray, as we go through this series on prayer, prayer school, I pray in the name of Jesus that you have a closer walk with the Lord. One of the most important things you can learn to do in life is to pray. If you know how to pray, you've gone a long way in your walk with the Lord. Amen. And um, the thing is, see, see, why do we have to pray? Let's answer that question first. Then we'll get to the value, understanding the value of prayer. Now, you see... When God created the earth, he handed over the dominion. I've talked about this in the past. He handed over the dominion of the earth to man. And then man turned over the dominion of the earth to Satan. And then Jesus Christ came and restored the dominion back to man. But Satan is not left contact with man. He's still around. So notice what the Bible says. Actually, the first, one of the first times, before we even get there, after man fell, the Bible makes a significant statement in Genesis chapter 4. Let's go there first. Why do we have to pray? Why do you pray all the time? Why do you pray? Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, man was under a curse. The earth was cursed. Man was suffering, hurting, pain. All these things came about. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 verse 26, it says, And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then man began to call on the name of the Lord. Very, one of the very earliest references to prayer. Man began to call upon God. To call upon the name of God. Because things were not going the way they wanted it to go. This, this was, it was such a big mess. Oh, I can spend a month just on that. Man began to call upon the name of the Lord. So, you see, that I talked about the Father. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. So, man turned over the dominion of the earth to Satan. So, when Jesus comes along in Matthew chapter 4, temptation on the mountain after fasting and prayer, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, it says, again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. 
So that's what the devil looks for, your worship. And says, Jesus, you fall down. He says that, and I will deliver, I will give them to you. He says, you fall down and worship me. In the account, in Luke, he actually says that it was delivered to me. Well, who delivered him to, to him? Luke chapter 4, verse 6, the devil took him up high on, on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Was telling the truth. Jesus didn't deny the fact that what he was saying was true. Well, who delivered it to him? <laughs> Adam did. So because man is the deciding factor in the earth, see, prayer is simply communication with God. But you see, the earth is man's domain. Go with me to Psalm 115. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 115. Let's break this down because if you see how crucial this is, then you will know why you have to pray. Psalm 115 verse 16, it says, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So the earth is man's domain. The earth is, belongs to man. It's like if you have a rental property and you lease it out to somebody. Well, you can't just go there and unannounced, usual, usual, I say, usual thing and say, I've come to sleep in this house. No, 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 no. The <laughs> average <laughs> <Yeah, right>, is right. <laughs> You've leased it to them. So you see, man has a lease on the air, and then he turned over the lease to, to Satan. But you see, for God, one writer said, it seems that God cannot do something for humanity unless somebody asks him. But why is that? I'm curious to be explained why, why that is. So because the earth has been given to man, God moves on behalf of man in the earth when man prays. Let's look at some other examples. Because, because, for instance, Jesus was speaking, in, um, was, the disciples saw how effective Jesus was in his prayer life. He got results when he prayed. So in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, they came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. That's our heart cry. But he's going to teach us to pray through his word. Let's go a step further. Matthew chapter 18. You see why... Prayer is important. Matthew chapter 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Why do I need to pray? He said to him, Matthew 18, verse 18, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Notice in those two verses, something has to happen on the earth first before heaven moves. 
<laughs> see it again. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Then if you lose on earth, then it's lose also in heaven. And he goes on here, he's talking about prayer. 19, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, you see, you're on the earth. Uh, anybody here not on the earth? <laughs> the last time I checked, we are all still on the earth. Yeah. Right? We are still here. Yes. So, so something has to happen on the earth first. If two of you on earth agree, on earth agree concerning anything they will ask, then heaven moves. That's why prayer is so important. Something has to happen on the earth first. He said to, he said to Peter, just two, two, chap, two chapters before, Matthew chapter 16, let's go there. See, the kingdom of God functions on keys. He said to Peter, after the revelation that he had, Matthew 16 verse 18, he says, And I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Earth. That's why prayer is so important. There are things that God wants to do for you. There are things God wants to do for our nation, for nations. But he looks through for somebody to pray so heaven can act. May he find you when he's looking for somebody. I said, may he find you when he's looking for somebody. So that's the reason why we have to pray. Now let's go a step further. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There are certain things I can talk about for a long time. One of them is prayer. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> I'm in my element. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, what is the value of praying? You see, one of the value of praying is that when you pray, prayer causes you to see and to know. Go with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. You see, all of us have things that we are working on. Um, projects, our lives, family, jobs, different things that we are working on. Now, in Nehemiah, Nehemiah built the wall of Jerusalem in 52 days. And how did he do it? Well, if you read the account, one of the very first things he did was to pray. No matter what you are working on, prayer plays a vital role. So while he was building the wall, the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 11, he says, And our adversary said, They will neither know nor see anything Till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. 
You see, and that's the plan of the enemy concerning your life. To stop you in your tracks. Whatever you are working on. So he says that, look, these people will not see. No, no. Then what they don't see, we just talk about the seven churches, the church inside is what they were sleeping. Thinking with the enemy sleep through. They will not see. No, no. They will slip in and cause the work to cease. Cause your health to cease. Cause the things that your life to cease. So you have to pray because the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3. He says that this is prayer. Call to me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me, I will answer, I will show you. It's very difficult to walk in life without, I mean, even now we have GPS, navigation systems. But before that, if you remember, you had to print maps and try to figure out where you're going. Call to me. It's an open invitation. Then men, remember, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Call to me and I will answer. Yes, a call that never goes to voicemail. Now you call somebody, you're in trouble, it's critical, you have to get a hold of them. You see, the number that you have reached. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you want to hear. <laughs> but here is an open invitation for each and every one of us. Call to me. So if you are not praying, you are at a disadvantage. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There are things that God wants to reveal to you as a value. Then another thing is prayer. Facility. I just want to stay up so you pray, so we can all pray. This will be fasting and praying. <laughs> so your personal life also goes to another level. Your personal prayer life. It facilitates the fulfillment of prophecy. You see, the Bible says, Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29. Verse 11. He's speaking to Jeremiah. He says, and, and to the nation as well. He says, for I know, God knows the thoughts that I think toward you. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. This is not uh, man speaking. This is almighty God, the one that created the heavens and the earth. I have good plans concerning you. Oh, thank God he is a good God. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace it, and not of evil. God doesn't think evil about you. He wants to do you good. To give you a future and a hope. But then you see verse 12. 
Don't, see, don't read these verses out of context. Keep them in context. Those plans, those purposes, that will give you a future and a hope is tied to verse 12 where he says, then you will call upon me. And go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. The plans, the purposes, the good things you want to see in life, he says it's tied to this. Then you will pray. Then you will call upon me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you do it with all your heart. The heart has to be involved. But you see, this prophecy talked about the fact that the children of Israel were going to be in captivity. If you read the prior verses, verse 10 says, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work, good work toward you and cause you to return to this place. Then he says, I know the thoughts. So they had been in captivity for 70 years. In Babylon, like God said. But when the 70 years came, you see, that prophecies don't just happen. No, 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 no. Remember, he's giving the air to the sons of men. So when the time came, in Daniel chapter 9, the plans, all these things, Daniel chapter 9, notice this. Daniel chapter 9. God looks for people like this. And may he find you. He says, in the first year of Darius, the son of Asarius, of the lineage of Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he will accomplish 70 years in the dissolutions of Jerusalem. 70 years have come and they are still in captivity. Then Daniel didn't twiddle her thumbs and say, twinkle, twinkle, little stars, how I wonder how you are. No, no, no. See, look, notice what he did. Because he says the plan, good plans, is tied to prayer. What did he do? Verse 3. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his, his commandments. 
Someone says, oh, God says 70 years. We are going to get out. Let's just, let's just relax and sleep. No, not Daniel. No, no, no. That's not how that thing works. The earth belongs to man. <laughs> so he set himself with fasting, began to pray, Lord. Sometimes certain things are prolonged in your life because you have been praying. Sometimes. Sometimes the good plans, the purpose hasn't come to pass because you have been praying. But you're going to switch it. I say you're going to switch it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Another example. Are you learning something this morning? Yes. You start praying than ever before. <laughs> Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Genesis 15, verse 13. He said to him, to Abraham, he said, then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. <laughs> so that's what God, that's the prophecy that God gave to Abraham. Now in Exodus 12, verse 40, Exodus 12, 40. Notice what the Bible says. Exodus 12, 40. It says, Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. What did he say to Abraham? How many years did he say? <laughs> How many years did he say? Did, did, you, did you leave church already? How many years did he say? 400 years. This one says they were there for how long? No, this is 430 years. Well, the calculation accounts for the life of Isaac and the 25 years as well. But regardless, when the time came for them to get out, so you say prayer facilitates the fulfillment of prophecy. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 21. Let's even go a, a, a step further. This was talking about Moses. Verse 23 says, Exodus 2:23. It says, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. The 400 years have come, and they are still there, similar to, Babel, uh, to, to Daniel. What did they do? They began to cry. And God heard. And God remembered. 
What if they hadn't cried? <laughs> so, so the Bible says, in Exodus 3, 9, it says that, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send to you Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You see, if, even when it comes to ministry gifts, I'm talking, talking to ministers, I'll put it in a different way, but just give you Even when it comes to ministry gifts, God doesn't just release them just like that. It responds to people's prayer. Do you remember when Jesus was coming to coming into the earth? Jesus was the greatest apostle, the greatest prophet, the greatest everything. God kept saying from Genesis that Jesus is coming. Do you know that before he came, there were people praying? One of them, her name is Anna. Another is Simeon. Let's go there. Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Bible says that, Luke chapter 2, verse 36, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asia. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to, of him of, to all those who looked for redemption. She was fasting and praying. Even Jesus, before he came in, people were praying, fasting and praying. If you read the prior verses, you see Simon, uh, Simeon there as well. And when he saw Jesus, he knew that the answer had come. He said, Lord, take me out of here. So prayer facilitates the fulfillment of prophecy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As you begin to take your prayer life to another level, certain prophecies, prophetic words, the plans, the purposes of God, you will begin to see them accomplished in your life in Jesus' name. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Talking to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. He says, this charge, I commit to you, son Timothy, According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. The prophecies that have gone ahead of you, you may wage a good warfare. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because, and again, when you get when you when you when you go a step further, when you get to chapter two. Verse 1, he's writing a letter. The man just divided it into chapters and verses uh, for, to help us reference. Therefore, I exalt that first of all. So the context is prayer. That you wage good warfare, the warfare of faith and prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Three. 
Power is released when we pray. Power is released when we pray. Let's look at James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 16. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From the classic Amplified. Notice what the Bible says. James 5, verse 16. He says, notice this. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Power is made available when we pray. It says, makes tremendous power available. And he goes on to sing us out one person's prayer. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. <laughs> and he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again. And the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. Uh, he says he was a man just like us. He went to use the bathroom just like all of us. It's no different from you. <laughs> he ate just like you eat. But what's the difference in his life? Uh, he says the prayer was the difference. One time he went to the king, First Kings 17, verse 1, and he said, look. Uh, I'm telling you that there will be no rain unless according to my word, unless I say so. Then he left. What he didn't realize that what he said was going also to affect him. But God had a provision and a plan for him. So he went to hide by the brook and God fed him and took care of him. But think about such tremendous power. He says he prayed. When he went to the king, he doesn't talk about prayer, but James is giving us revelation insight. He prayed that there should be no rain. Locked the heavens into his pocket, put the key in his pocket, and said, I'll see you later. There will be no rain except I say so. Then when the time came for rain to come, because he's the man, the man in the air, God said to him, you said it. Go, if you, no rain will come unless you say so. Remember the earth belongs to man. So he prayed again. And then rain came. But notice what he says, an additional thing that he says. He says he prayed again. And the heavens supplied rain and produced, and the earth, and the land produced its crops as usual. So if your land, if your earth, or if your life is not producing fruit, that's where this, that's, this is where the issue is. The earth gave its fruit. In any area, 
That's where the, it's, that's where the problem is. Power is really, it makes tremendous power available. Notice Revelation chapter 8 verse 3. Because why, what, why do you have to pray? What is the value? Revelation 8.3. He says, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was giving much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. All the prayer, including your prayer. So if you are not praying, then yours is not there. Yours will be there in Jesus' name. Amen. I say yours will be there in Jesus' name. <laughs> all the prayer of the saints. Of all the saints. Upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense. With the prayers of the saints. Ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it back to the earth. There were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Pow! Was the result on the earth. So your prayer goes up, goes through a heavenly transaction. Boom! Comes back to the earth in the form of power. Then the earth produced its fruit. This is the key issue. So no prayer goes up. No power comes down. Not, nothing is released on your behalf. Notice again here, it starts from, it starts from the earth. That's the value of prayer. He mixed it with fire and sent it back down. That's the value. Is prayer going up? The power is coming down, coming the other way. Answers are coming. Elijah was, this was a man just like us. What was the difference? What was the difference? The man prayed. The man prayed. All throughout history, people that make a difference are people of prayer. You'll be one of them. Amen. I said you'll be one of them. Amen. I said you'll be one of them. Amen. I said you'll be one of them. Power is released. Four. There are so many benefits. Of prayer. Prayer brings an end to captivity and evil desire. We've just seen that in the case of Daniel. We've just seen that in the case of the children of, of, of Israel in Egypt. Notice Acts chapter, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so happy. <laughs> this one, prayer, the word of God. When I get on that, I, 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 I get happy. Now, notice, notice what the Bible says. Now, it says, now that about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. 
You see, the devil doesn't harass everybody. No, 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 no. <laughs> the people that shake his kingdom, the people that make a difference, he goes after him. He says, then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. He took, they took James. The, the church didn't pray. They didn't do anything. And then they said, okay. We said, okay, fine. No problem. You're not going to pray? We're going to come for Peter. The devil came for your child. He came for your grandchildren. He came for your health. He didn't say anything. He will keep coming till you pray and put, him in, and put a stop <laughs> to, to him. So the Bible says that he proceeded further to see Peter also. And it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had, they had a, he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Five. That's the key issue. Peter was kept in prison by constant prayer. But what? But what? But what? But what? But what? Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Get yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did, and he said to him, Put on your garments and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. And the doors opened to them of his own accord. Peter is very interesting. Constant prayer. He knows that they are planning to kill him the next day. And the man is sleeping. Most people will have butterflies in their stomach. And stay up all night. <laughs> but the man is sleeping. The angel actually had to tap him. The Bible says that. Wake up. What? What wife is that? So he's in a vision. <laughs> but you see, Peter also knows something. See, and that's another thing too. See, you see, angels don't just come, come, come. No, no, no. In fact, the more you pray, the more your angels are active. That's another subject altogether. But do you remember this person, Cornelius? Acts chapter 10. The Bible says that he was a man who prayed and gave alms to God. Then an angel came 
Same for Zechariah. He was in the temple fulfilling his duties at the time of incense. Remember he says in Revelation that our prayer goes up as incense. Then an angel shows up. Luke chapter 1 verse 8 to 10. The whole multitude were praying. The more you pray, the more active your angels are. The angels of God are on your behalf. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Peter was kept in prison, but constant prayer was made for him. And you see, the Bible talks about the fact that, you see, remember one time Jesus, some people came to Jesus and said, um, um, he was praying for the little children, and the people came, and then they said, look, don't, don't, um, don't, 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 don't worry about the children. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me. But he made a statement, maybe because I said about angels, let's make it very clear. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, he says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven there are angels, Always see the face of my father who is in heaven. He was talking about little children. But you see, don't lose your angel just because you grew up. No, no, no. <laughs> so the more you pray, they're very active on your behalf. Your angels always behold the face of my father who is in heaven. So the angel comes and Peter is delivered from the prison. What if the church hadn't prayed? They said, oh, James is gone. Whatever will be, should be. Peter is in prison. All these leaders uh, going off the scene, uh, let just uh, maybe we should let Peter go too. No, no, no. <laughs> they prayed, and Peter he he knew something also, because he's the one that wrote. So you must know something about this. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Peter, let's start from verse, verse 6. You see, prayer is also humility. He says, First Peter 5, 6, he says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. When you pray, it's humility. You see, you wouldn't have done him any good to stay up all night worrying. You pray and then you rest. Let me get me some sleep. The worrying doesn't change anything. <laughs> Jesus talked about that. 
worry about the economy, worry about your family, this, this, that, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen, this, this. It doesn't change anything. And that's one of the most difficult habits to break, worrying. But this man here has a death sentence on his life and he's sleeping. Jesus talked about worrying. Because those are the things and the things that you are tempted to worry about. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, cast all those cares upon him. Those thoughts, what you are tempted to worry about, instead of worrying, do something else. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying. So first you take the thoughts, it's on your mind, then you say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? This bill is coming up. <laughs> a mortgage, the rent, the car payment. <laughs> what am I going to do? I going to possess the car, the house, or whatever, they, whatever it is. So you stay up all night worrying. Don't change anything. Jesus said, For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Verse 27, he says that, Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? That's about 18 inches. This, by worrying, can you increase your height? No. <laughs> then he talks about lilies. Talking about the birds of the air, how God takes care of them. It says, how much more you? You have little, you have little faith. God will take care of you. Amen. I said, God will take care of you. Amen. I said, God will take care of you. Amen. I said, God will take care of you. Amen. But prayer brings an end to captivity. It was in prison. Here's another example. In Acts chapter 16, you see, Paul and Silas had been preaching the word of God. And they cast out the devil out of, of this small girl, or this girl that was following them and saying all kinds of things. And they didn't want, him, want her to testify about, about him, about them. So they put him in prison, similar situation to Peter. But he says at midnight, Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. The average person, when I said, well, look, uh, what did we do wrong here? We all we were doing was preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus, for people to come into the kingdom of God. And is this, the, is, this the, is this what we get for preaching the gospel? I don't know about this, Jesus. Let me go find something else. 
I stayed up and complained and said, what? My wife, my kids, I've left all these people. Followed Jesus and this is my lot. You see, that midnight hour can stand for the darkest day of your life. The darkest season of your life. Where you are going through a test. Where you are going through a trial. They didn't complain. In fact, the Bible says at midnight, we talked about this during the prayer gathering, midnight, life checks, things change. Life is exchanged. During midnight, and they complained. Did they complain? Is that what the Bible says? What did they do? Praying and singing. My God, these people are different. One person is sleeping in prison, these people are praying and singing. Because they knew that the way out was not to complain, but the way out was to pray and sing praises. What happened when they sang prayed and sang praises? Verse 26, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Remember Revelations. It goes through fire and then power is released. Earthquake thunderings. These, these Romans, these people, when they secure you in a prison, like Peter, you are not getting out today or tomorrow. Oh, but when you pray, I don't know what the captivity that you are in, what the situation is. But when you pray, power is released. That's why the devil will do anything to prevent you from praying. Sometimes you want to stay a little bit at night and pray, and you are awake. The moment you start praying, you start feeling sleepy. Or you want to wake up in the morning and pray. It's winter time. And you want to stay in bed and not pray. Because he knows. When we pray, when you pray, it makes a difference. Esther chapter 4. I could tell you so many testimonies of answers to prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is good. Haman wanted to eliminate all the Jews. Esther 4.15. Then Esther had risen in the ranks. She was in the palace. And um, she made a statement in Esther 4.15. She says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink. For three days, night or day, my mates and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish... I perish. You go and fast. 
Three days, no food, no drink. The whole nation is at stake. Jesus is coming through. The devil knows that Jesus is coming through that line. He wants to eliminate that line. And thank God when they fasted, it made a difference. Sometimes you have to combine prayer with fasting. Sort of like those people in, um, in Jonah chapter 3. When Jonah went to preach, God sent Jonah to preach. Uh, God sent him to Nineveh, and he went the other direction, took a, a boat. I said, <laughs> the other direction. <laughs> then the Bible says that he went down. You see, every time you disobey God, you don't go up, you, you start going down. But he, later on, he just changed his mind. He figured that out that he, he better get head in the right direction. He went to Nineveh. But when he preached, the message so affected the people of Nineveh that the Bible says that even the animals fasted. Jonah 3, 7. He says, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his noble saying, let neither man nor beast, head nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Notice this phrase. And cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Cry mightily to God. That's prayer. Then they combine it with fasting. Even the animals. No food or drink for three days. Pray. And God heard. One writer said that when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Works on our behalf. Oh my God. We'll continue. So many, so many testimonies in answers to prayer. In my life, in the life of others. One woman had suffered miscarriage for several times. We prayed, she gave birth, then she gave birth, then she gave birth again. Joel, our, our, our last son, the, the doctor said he had a hole in the heart when he was in the womb. Uh, we didn't say that's what the doctor says. So, okay, we'll leave it like Not in my house, <laughs> at least. We prayed. Normal when you came out. In the name of Jesus, any form of captivity that you are in, as you pray, it will come to an end in Jesus' name. Amen. As you pray, it will come to an end in Jesus' name. Amen. There are good plans for the rest of this year. If Jesus doesn't come for the next couple of years, as you pray, May you see the fulfillment of those plans. Amen. Are you willing to pray or you are, you're not going to pray? I'm going to pray. I like that. 
There's so many. The value of prayer. You pray, heaven moves. God moves on your behalf. We'll continue. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But let's rise up. Let's pray a little bit before we go. Put it into practice. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.